Welcome to another episode of The Corner Booth, the official podcast of RestaurantOwner.com. Today, the restaurant industry is changing faster than ever. Learn from successful independent restaurant operators and other industry leaders as they share best practices that will help you engage your team, delight your guests, and grow your business. And welcome to another episode of Corner Booth. I'm Chris Tripoli with RestaurantOwner.com. I'm Barry Schuster. And we are bringing you today Bruce Newman. Bruce Newman is the leader of I Heart Mac and Cheese. It's a fast-growing concept, counter service, all about mac and cheese. So sit down, get comfortable, get ready to be cheesy. Let's talk with Bruce. Bruce, welcome to Corner Booth. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate being here. So, Bruce, tell us about the concept. Um, I, I'm from uh, North Carolina in the southeast, so um, you don't have to sell me on mac and cheese. That's like a staple here, and you can do a lot of great things with it. But tell me about what you're doing and and how you're taking this very specific concept and, and making it something special. Well, you know, a few years ago when I first found information about the iHeart Mac and Cheese brand, it was it was all new to me. Not mac and cheese itself, but just the brand and how it was actually being you know presented and how it was being ran. We had one store in 2015 that was in Arizona. And that was our um, Scottsdale store. And I went over there and met with the owners over there and sat down. And we, you know, went over everything, went from, you know, profits and losses, went from the goods and the bads about the company. And just more or less, you know, it, it just enhanced, you know, my, my, my belief in that I was making the right decision on, you know, pulling the gun on this here franchise and this concept. Macaroni and cheese, you know, like you said, from North Carolina, it's a staple. I'm from New Jersey originally. So, you know, I was definitely raised on macaroni and cheese and collard greens and all those good, you know, those good old Southern home, you know, make you feel good type type of meals. So it's very pleasing to be a part of something that the community has come to really em- 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 embrace here in Glendale. Awesome. So Glendale is just really West part of Phoenix. Uh, Scottsdale yes. is more on the east side. So is that is that their growth plan? As a franchisee, do you own rights to do multiple locations or what? Yes, sir. So my first location is going to be the one right here in Glendale. Um, we have signed up for a second store, which is going to be on um, 75th Avenue and Thunderbird, which is actually in the Peoria section of town. So we have the rights for Glendale as well as Peoria. I'm also hearing there are talks with um, somebody to do a store in the surprise area. So, you know, the the growth um, out here is, you know, it's what it is. But I have no concepts as far as what they do in Scottsdale, what they do in Chandler. You know, it should all blend coincidentally with what the franchise, you know, is asking us to actually do for them. Well, we have listeners that are independent operators. We have some that are just beginning. They have an idea and haven't opened yet. We have some that, of course, have been operating for a while. They're interested in developing growth. So listening to the franchisee-franchisor dynamic, I think, is going to be very important for them. Why don't you walk us through how you decided to become, say, a franchisee? What were the advantages as you saw them? And why did you choose that route of getting into the business? Well, I have 
I come from an extensive culinary background. I graduated from a culinary degree in 1985, so I'm kind of an older guy. And for the most part, I've always wanted to own my own business um, coming straight out of school. But in the same sense, I was always scared of, you know, the overhead and what it was actually going to cost and, you know, just the whole dynamics of being your own boss and, and being responsible for, you know, other people and their families. I mean, that's a big, huge, you know, responsibility when you become an owner. Not many people you know, take that under consideration. You know, they just take, okay, let's make a lot of profits, let's make a lot of money, and we'll deal with the rest of the stuff later. But, you know, when you have the ability to make, you know, a family's life different, it's a it's a huge task. So I, I take that very, very seriously when I when I took the role of being an owner. You know, just owning my own franchise, I just felt as though with some of the help that I was going to get with the marketing aspect of it, with, with some of the perks of being attributed to a good franchise that, you know, has a good reputation and also have systems in place already that you are already going to have to adhere to. Whereas though, you know, I know a lot of my chef friends, you know, they had to do a lot of things, a, a, a lot of play by plays and a lot of audibles, like, like, like how they do in football. You just try to wing it as you go and, you know, wherever it lies, it lies. Our overhead here, as far as for our groceries in which we purchase through Cisco and the rest of our vendors, you know, it's, it's nothing like buying a whole rack of beef from your local butcher, like a friend of mine does. He has his own restaurant and, you know, he, he just has a bunch of items that he has to really outsource and look for and hope that they have because his, his menu is so extensive. Mine isn't that extensive at all. Not, not at all. Two things I'm hearing, you know, you got to have you got to have systems in place. As Bruce pointed out, he appreciates that. He he understands how the food business works, and and you know, in this situation, he has something where the systems are in in good shape. Because otherwise, if you're going to start something from scratch, you're going to have those systems anyway. And the other part of it is, and, and it was kind of weighing on my mind. I want to hear more about that. Is is that um, as you suggest, Bruce, the Food cost on a macaroni and cheese uh, concept um, has got to be much lower than, as you noted, if if proteins are basically the star of your menu. You're right on target. And I know we've talked with so many of our podcast guests and, and who talk about the idea and developing their own idea, concept coming from a passionate idea. This is very interesting that there is a successful option for entrepreneurs out there, and that is to see the advantages of a concept as long as they feel like it works for them. Because as you know, uh, uh, Bruce so, so uh, noted so well, there are three specific advantages that he got here. He liked the established ops and systems. Uh, that took that fear out of the unknown of being a brand new owner. He liked the marketing support and direction and liked the purchasing, those vendor agreements and the purchase advantages. And so, yeah, those are three things that if you're a small operator on your own, you don't have. Uh, but if you're a small operator as a franchisee, bingo, that's the advantage. Yes, yes, yes. And I must agree. Like I said, in another challenge that I've been um, experiencing as well is just, you know, as the market's 
you know, changing and everly, you know, shifting, you know, finding good quality, you know, employees is just something in which, you know, I'm not going to say that they're not out there, but it's just a hard, you know, it, it's a hard fight, you know, to actually be able to, you know, put put your dollars into people, train them, make sure that they understand, you know, your standards, make sure that they understand the standards of the company, but, you know, still come to work and be 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 productive. You know, in this society nowadays, um, you know, with COVID just, you know, passing us by um, and all the rest of the things that actually are coming about to to make things a little more difficult. Um, you know, you have to be creative in how you keep good people when, when you do have them. Um, and one of the ways that I found is more or less, you know, there's there's incentives in which, you know, I give my guys, um, you know, as far as like, you know, meals for doing, you know, great jobs. Um, you know, I also have gift cards. I also have movie tickets. Um, and I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, new October 2nd was our grand opening and I've already given out, you know, some movie tickets and so on and so forth just to show us appreciation to these individuals that, Hey, you know what? I appreciate you sacrificing, um, these hours from your family to give to me. Um, even though you're being paid, um, for your services, I, I still want to do a little something extra just to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're appreciated and that you know that you're appreciated. So it's just little things that when I was coming up, things that were done to me, I, I'm, I'm trying to relate to these individuals as well. So tell us a little bit about how the staff positions work there. Is I heart mac and cheese counter service, full service? Is there window, private dining rooms? Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how it's set up and how it works. Um, maybe you could also talk a little bit about how it succeeds with things like packaging or car side pickup, third party delivery. Okay, so touching on all that and what you what you um, touched on, but that's, that's that's very important. So when you come into our facility, um, we have a we have an order here, which you know you go, you take your order. First, you look at what you want. You know, we have four screens up, and one screens for your signature items, which would be our signature grilled cheeses or our signature bowls, and then you look at the two screens in the middle, and those two screens will basically just tell you how to build them in which orders in which you want to go. So it tells you which breads you might want to want, which cheeses you want, um, which vegetables or proteins are going to go in that order. And then on our on our last board, it gives you the sides in which we have as well. So it's, it's, it's a very easy process and it's a very quick process if people, you know, just follow, you know, some of the suggestions in which we have. Like my favorite is the you know, the best of both worlds. And that comes on sourdough. It gets macaroni. It gets the cheese sauce. It gets some of the barbecue sauce with some short ribs. And it's absolutely phenomenal. It's our number one seller um, in our grilled cheese sandwiches. And as far as for our bowls, we have a short rib filling, which once again, it has um, the Philadelphia um, Munster cheese. It has red onions, mushrooms, and it has um, um, some of the... Um, some of the short rib in there as well. So the process is very, very simple. You start at one end. It's almost like a Chipotle style where you just give them, you know, all the stuff in which you want. They'll go ahead and build it right in front of you. And then from that point on, you pay at the register. Um, we do have third parties, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and also DoorDash. Um, we also deal with Easy Cater as well. 
Uh, we have some um, schools in which we're trying to um, onboard, which is a Midwestern University. It's a medical college up the street from us, as well as Atlantic Christian College um, up the street as well. I'm doing some negotiations with them to try to get some stuff going on. Um, we don't have curbside pickup, um, but we do. Like I said, we'll, um, you know, go above and beyond. And if, you know, let's say a little kid's, you know, come in and say, hey, my mommy ordered some food or whatever, but she's out watching the baby in the car. We will, you know, go above and beyond and take that, take those items out there to the to the people. So, you know, there are certain things when you're, you know, your own entity, per se, um, you know, you could actually do those deals. We don't have a drive up window. We're actually in the storefront. So we have, you know, neighbors to our left and we have neighbors to our right. Um and like I said, the concept is just so simple that, you know, it, it, it's, you know, you don't really need seven or eight people to run this deal like most places do. Um, like I said, it's just if, if if you have four or five great hustlers and they spread them throughout the shift, you know, you can still run a productive, you know, twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars a day with just, you know, five people on. And, you know, your your labor is going to be, you know, what it's supposed to be. And your food cost should match up to that as well. That's wonderful. You know, Barry, this guy's only been open two weeks. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm, Bruce, I'm how, how are you getting the word out? How are you, how are you getting, how are you getting uh, visibility in the marketplace? Um, what are the kind of things you're doing to uh, get people to get walk in the store and, and, and try uh, your menu? Well, we have um, corporate hood. They're they're doing their barrage of marketing for us. Um, I have um, a Facebook page going on. Um, I have some flyers that are being presented through um, the U.S. Postal Service, and they they've been very very helpful in bringing in people because you know when you have places like Valpack, and I mean I I believe in coupons. I'm a couponer myself, but when you have pay people with Valpack. They look at the blue envelope and they don't really open it as they do anymore. But if you have a poster size card, you know, that goes in your mail, that's exactly how they've been actually coming in. And they bring that poster in and say, hey, man, like this came in the mail. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's how you heard of us. So that's great. Um, and then word of mouth, a lot of word of mouth. We're in a complex, whereas though we have several huge, strong businesses, a Winko, Floor and Decor, uh, we have a couple of cell phone establishments over here. So when they come to get those items, you know, serviced or bought from different um, vendors, then they, oh, wow, that's that's open now. You know, so then, you know, they're, they'll they'll come to the door and, you know, we take care of them from there. I'm also very, very passionate about making sure that, you know, if a person's not sure about what they want, then I give them a little taste test of, you know, some of the meats just to make sure that, you know, that is what they want. Um, and it, 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 it sells all the time. It sells all the time. Wow. You know, it, it, it's, I don't remember the last time when we had a conversation about, you know, marketing concepts. Maybe you do, Chris, remember, but where somebody is promoting the success of old school print direct mail. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that blows yeah. my mind a little bit just because everybody's so focused on, uh, social media and all kinds of electronic, uh, uh, promotion and you're telling us, Bruce, that those pieces uh, are coming back into the store and, peop and people are saying, hey, yeah, I found out about this through mail. Um, yes. Yes. It totally. It, it, like I said, 
when they came in, it was like 30 people over the course of a couple of days. They totally blew my mind with what, what they were telling me. I was like, really, this worked? So, yeah, it, it totally made me feel good about, you know, the money that was actually spent for that marketing as well as the things in which were being done. So am I hearing in the background some business going on there? Yes, you that do. I'm getting ready to move right now. That, hey, listen, that makes me feel good. I feel like, hey, people are coming in and things are happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you've only been open for a couple of weeks, maybe you could also talk a little bit about how that franchisee-franchisor relationship worked. What kind of uh, you know training did you and maybe your key staff have to go through? And then what kind of support should franchisees expect those first couple of weeks that they're open from the franchisor to be there to support, train, whatever? That's very important because the support in which I received. So I went to train inside Florida um, on July 19th. I was there for 10 days and I got what you would consider a fast track training due to the fact that about they didn't have as many trainers as they thought they were going to have. So for the most part, I was actually able to, you know, get fast track in a lot of, of their systems and when they came out here, she came out here for 12 days to train us to make sure that, you know, we were going to be successful in opening up and our mission was going to be, you know, um, defined by how, how, how she trained us. Um, and then the support, you know, therefore after, you know, she actually, you know, contact us basically every day, either phone call or via email just to, just to check in to say, Hey, you know, do you guys need any kind of support? Do you need anything that, you know, is going to help you with either a better marketing or, you know, better tools to help you be successful in your journey? And, um, you know, I can I can honestly say that, you know, I'm very, very pleased with the support that I've been given and also the help that um, I've, I've asked for. Um, they are very, 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 very quick to respond. And um, like I said, I mean, it's it's it started off kind of rocky because of our construction aspect of it. Um, but for the most part, once things start rolling and things start getting into a to a good groove, it was it it it, it just blended very seamlessly together. It really did. Does this concept attract sort of an equal lunch dinner uh, customer, or is it really um, you know maybe more of looked at as a daytime lunch? Uh, and and you know and then how do you schedule around that with your hours of operation? Well, Chris, it's kind of funny that you say that because, like, we've been trying to handle on, you know, trying to trying to get the handle on who, what's our best, um, you know, days or nights, and it seems like the mid afternoon evenings are the best times because people have other options at work, and most of the places around here they have their own cafeterias inside there. Like I said, I have a Midwestern college around here and several other businesses, and you know, the, you know, most of the time they have their own cafeterias in here, but we still get those teachers. You know, and 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 some students who want to have something different, and and once okay. they come here, you know, we lock in on that man. Like I don't let nothing go through the cracks. If you're coming in this door, you're not leaving without buying something. You know, like I said, if you're going to start to turn around, hey, hey, wait, come here, let me check. You ought to check this meat out real quick. Oh, okay, and sure enough, you get a little combination of something going on, brother. Some of that goodness, and it's a wrap. Like it's 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 really a wrap, and it's all about how you market yourself and how you market your place. You know, if you think that people that's going to come in there and think mac and cheese is such a comfort food, I'm going to always get it. No, you have to be able to sell the product. You have to be able to make them visualize 
as you're explaining to them with your suggestive selling to that, you know, once, once you tell them, they should be able to have a picture of them holding that sandwich in their hand, cheese gluing down their arms, them licking their elbows. Like everything has to come into place when you're describing, you know, these, these meals in which they're about to purchase, because you got to understand in this, in this time of day where people have the opportunity to go anywhere else they want, it's very important that when you have their attention, you keep it. It's very important that when you have the opportunity to gain upon your numbers, mm-hmm. you take that opportunity by the horns, man. There's there's no second chances if you if you don't do it right the first time. There really isn't. Well, Barry, we we've, we've heard that I think a few different ways from people who are successful. And so, Bruce, you're bringing up a point that we always try to underline for our listeners, and that's, you know, that you've got to lead with passion, be confident about what you're doing. Sounds like if I walked into that store and I was unsure of what I was going to do, Bruce would be running around the corner with a couple of samples to say, try this, try that. See if you like it with the barbecue. See if you like it with the short rib. Okay, now you're ready to order. Bingo. That's the that's the best marketing. You go, you ring up those samples, you code it to marketing, and it's the it's the cheapest way of marketing. And um, yep. I hope that all of your uh, key staff, management, and hourlies follow that example. Not just now during your busy opening, but continue because that's uh, uh that, that's the best way to put your your you know your best foot forward. Well, we we talked to a lot of operators. Uh, Johnny Carada recently he would. He'd be saying amen to everything Bruce is saying here. You know, it's, it's a people yeah. business. It's word of mouth. And, um, you know, you're not offering a vending machine. People are coming in for food, but they're also coming in to feel welcome and to uh, uh, that somebody's happy to see them. And that sounds like that's what you exactly what you do, Bruce, when people walk in your door. You got to give them the experience. You got to give them the experience. I mean, like I said, people can go anywhere and eat. But it's the experience and what you get from the time you open that door to the time you sit down to the time you go up to get your soda or whatever kind of beverage you're going to get and to the time your plate comes. You need to be prepared to do what it takes to make sure that those individuals are going to come back and 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 serve you the right way. Because, I mean, like anything, you know, you got one chance at, at being great, but you have a lot of chances at being the worst person in the world. <laughs> for the worst restaurant to go to. So, I mean, you know, like like the old saying is, you know, you get one person that says something great and, you know, four people are here about it, but you get one person that say something wrong and you got 20 people that's going to come right behind them and they will definitely believe what, what that one person said for sure. Bruce, you have a background. You're, you have a culinary background, um, she said. Um, yes, sir. And so I got to believe you're, you're kind of a creative <sighs> guy with a, a good imagination for what tastes yes. good. Do, 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 is the uh, the franchi- the franchisor, the owner of the concept, are they kind of folks who'd be open to your suggestions? Hey, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we offer this? Um, do you have any creative control? Because one of the things that I was, you were ta- you were talking to us, and you know, here's a guy who has a culinary background, who knows about food, who who has his own ideas and he's working for a franchise and of course they have systems and they have menus and everything. Um, is the con, you know, is there enough opportunity for you to exercise your creative personality? Yes, it is. There is, there is great opportunities. In fact, one thing when I was in training, um, I found out that there was a couple of, um, the iHeart Mac and Cheese who have ghost kitchens in which they actually, 
you know, serve their own different, you know, spin on the macaroni and cheese. Like they have a hot dog with all the fixings on there that has the mac and cheese on there. Um, me, myself, like I said, I just want to focus on what I can right now with what I'm given. And if down the road, you know, sales, you know, require me to actually be a little bit more creative, then I'll, I'll definitely take that route. But, you know, right now, I just want to focus on, you know, doing the right thing with the right products with what I was given and making it work on that aspect of it. Um, keep hitting the streets on this marketing, keep hitting, you know, individuals as they come in here, you know, hey, you know, if you like it, leave a review. If you don't like it, leave a review, you know, and I mean, just making sure that individuals understand that, you know, we care. We care about what you eat. We care about, you know, where you come. We care about how you leave. So um, it's just been a been a, you know, a big drive of mine. My grandfather had a roadside barbecue service back in New Jersey off of Route 40 in Misbah, New Jersey. And, you know, that was there for like 35 years. And I remember, you know, four o'clock in the morning setting up the barbecue pit so I can help grandpa, you know, cook off some meats and so on and so forth. And it's just, you know, like I said, food and, and, and hospitality and dealing with this has been in my blood since I was a little boy. And um, I've always dreamt of having my own place. Um, you know, like I said, I was more or less scared to go out and have a restaurant whereas I would have, you know, 85 different items that I needed to be worried about spoiling or going bad or not selling. Um, this was a really, really no brainer, low inventory, low cost on things. Um, you just have to be very efficient and very effective in how you keep these people coming in and how you how you treat people. I mean, it's it's. It's, 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 it's real simple. It really is. You know, that's true. I, uh, and that's a good thing for people to underline is that, you know, that's the best concepts. The leaders would wind up saying that is that if you really pay attention to all the details, it's really simple. Thing I want to add to that, however, is that sometimes simple isn't easy. Uh, and, <laughs> no. and, uh, and your commitment to the day by day structure, just as you were trained with the, and, and for only being open for two weeks is setting the right foundation for everyone to see that, that these are simple principles, you know, for, yeah. for, for preparation, for service, for, for guest relations, follow the rules of marketing. I get it. It's just that they're not always easy. If you don't really apply yourself and if you're not really committed every day, and you obviously are. And so that's, that's fantastic. I see that this is going to be a bright, <laughs> a bright future for Glendale, Arizona. Can you yeah. just, yeah, particularly, God, what a great answer, Bruce. I mean, you basically said, Hey, I'm leading with the fundamentals now. Get the fundamentals down. That's, that's what I'm hearing from you. And, and yes. we're going to make the, make the concept work, make the systems work, make the marketing work, make the guest experience work, you know. That's how you win Super Bowls is by sticking to the fundamentals. And then you'll have an opportunity to maybe put some dressing on that later. But, you know, and and the fundamentals aren't easy. A lot of people get lost on the route to that. What is is an average check? Uh, If, you know, a guest going through the line there, um, I I know it's only been a couple of weeks. But in the first couple of weeks, what do you see as, as a per person check average? Well, per person check average is about thirty thirty four dollars. Um, our bowls run um, fourteen ninety nine for a build your own bowl, and 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 basically um, for our other bowls, it's like fourteen dollars plus. Um, our grilled cheese sandwiches are eleven ninety nine. So 
our average check that, you know, will come through is about 35 bucks. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm the kind of person that, you know, everybody likes to have money and everybody likes to be very, very successful when they go to the bank. But I'm also a very honest person. So when I see a mother of four come in with, you know, her children, I'm not going to try to sell them that full that that full macaroni bowl. I'm going to let her know, hey, you know what? You could probably split those split one of the bowls between two of your kids. And guaranteed, brother, I mean, like, this is something that I can tell you that since I've been open, and I mean, even in my other places that I've actually managed and general managed and so on and so forth, you know, people appreciate that. They appreciate you caring about their dollar. They appreciate you caring about their time because, like I tell my kids, that's one thing you can't get back. You can make all the money in the world. You can go see your friends tomorrow if they're alive. But you can't get back the time in which you dedicated to something and that you've given to somebody. So when people come inside my store, I want them to truly understand that I will respect everything that's going on, whether it's your dollar, whether it's your time, whether it's everything in which you you when I'm hearing coming from them, I take into to, um, consideration. That's great. That's great. Uh, there. Um, you mentioned your family uh, in store with the kids. Is there part of your concept that are like family packages, uh, large things to go that people can call in and order ahead, like a two pack, a four pack, a family of eight, that kind of thing? Well, here, no, we don't have any kind of package deals for families. Um, what we do have is like, you know, we do have kid meals and we do have kid combos and so on and so forth. But as far as anything packaged that was going to be specifically geared towards a certain number of, you know, people with kids coming in here. No, we don't have that. Could that be something that we look into? Sure enough, you know, but like I said, that comes in with the employees who you have who take a look at, you know, what they see in front of them and try to be suggestive in the things in which they know is going to help out that family or help out that, that, um, that uh, specific entity. So, I mean, like I said, um, sometimes it's, it's, it's good to have things in place, but sometimes it's just good to use common sense and be able to say, Hey, you know what? This is how I can help. Even if I don't have a certain guideline to go by, you have to almost wing it. Right. Without giving away the house. <laughs> so what's next? I think that's kind of a hard part of the conversation when I know you've opened and you're new and you just have only two weeks behind you. But you you sound like you have a vision for yourself, a mission for what you're doing as a franchisee. Uh, so how do you see yourself, where you're at now, where you want to be and how you're going to get there? Well, um, seven months after this place is up and running, we have another one up the street on 75th Avenue on Thunderbird. I'm not sure if I told you that when we talked the last time, uh-huh. Chris, but yeah, we have a second store in the mix right now. Um, I have some other ventures in which I'm going into. Um, but for the most part, man, just, you know, focusing on what I need to focus on one step at a time. So that way nothing is missed and nothing is being discarded. You know, like I said, like we have an opportunity to be one of the best um, on the on the West Valley. And that's what I plan on, you know, bringing bringing to the table is that, you know, we're we're fair as far as what we do. Um, we're very concerned about, you know, your dollar and we're concerned about your time. But we also want to make a dollar as well. So, you know, we will do whatever it takes to um, make you welcomed in this home. But for the most part, it, it, it's it's not going to be something in which you want to 
be confused when you leave here. You're going to leave here with a full stomach and happy smiles. The um, planning growth already means that there's obviously a financial plan working. Um, uh, what it costs to actually develop, uh, equip, build, and open a store, you know, is getting more substantial now. Everyone is complaining yes. with COVID with opening costs. Can you give us a little idea of how you're handling that? And is raising funds a little easier when you are a franchisee because you have an established brand or not? No, it's not really easy at all. Like, you know, coming into this, you know, like I said, you know, you're more or less like, oh, man, I, I don't want to shoot the gun on this or I'm kind of afraid to do this. And then once you get into the dollar amount of things, you're like, wow, <laughs> I could have did this years ago if I wasn't so afraid, you know. But, you know, it's it's you know how people are, you know, they 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 say they want to do something and then they put things on the back burner until it's the last minute. And then at the last minute, that's when they want to pull the trigger on something. And then at that time, costs are high, rent's high. You know, there's there's nothing out there to save you. But, you know, my thing is this, is that you need to do your research and everything of what you do, especially when you have, you know, a franchise, especially when you need because everybody just think, oh, wow, I just paid a franchise fee and, you know, I just work past everything else. But no, you need to be able to have residual money that you don't even have to worry about. And that's what they tell you. You're like, OK, well, you need to have X amount of dollars that you need to put in place that you don't even worry about. So, you know, people need to truly understand that unless you're ready to really go all the way and understand truly what it takes to be not just an owner, but just to be a good leader, you know, because I've been in places where as though I've, I've worked, they opened up and they thought they was the best thing in the world. And then they turned into the biggest a-holes because of, they're 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 bleeding money, or they're you know not didn't allow themselves enough marketing funds, or they are working one job and they're trying to put that money back into that job, and it's just you know certain things of that nature just does not really take into place when you're trying to be productive in your in your business. Yep. I understand. I understand. And, you know, see, Barry, he still has those same challenges. We have heard from others that felt like if they were a franchisee, it might be a whole lot easier to raise money from investors or traditional lenders. And uh, this is not the first time that I've heard from a franchisee that that's not always the case. No, no, it's not always the case. And I mean, as far as, you know, I, I've, I've done some fundraisers and so on and so forth. But I mean, it's not traditionally, like I said, after COVID, um, a lot of things have changed. A lot of people are holding on to, you know, money. A lot of people are holding on to things in which they, you know, I'm not going to say didn't so much care about before, but they were just not so stringently, you know, tied to. Um, now, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just to the point where as though everything is so, high and so expensive that your negotiations and how you present yourself and in, in, in your stuff needs to be top notch. Like, like you need to be able to, to do what needs to be done to get things, like, like I said, finished up. Um, whether it's dealing with the GC, whether it's dealing yeah. with, you know, different vendors, um, you know, and I mean, things changed so much during this year, Bill, that, like I said, if I was to really tell you, you know, I'm smiling now, Chris, but 
There wasn't yeah. a time that I wasn't smiling, brother. I can tell you, like it was just, it felt like it was going in slow motion. But yes. that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to tell you about being able to have those capitals to make sure that you know you're able to sustain yourself and sustain whatever else you have going on out there because you know all it takes is one bad slip and you know you're back to square root one and being bankrupt. So how large? <laughs> you better have how, some how large are these units and how um, how many people do you see? Well, ours our store is sixteen hundred square feet. So it's so it's not what you consider a big space. And most of my space basically is um, restaurant space. I can fit 32 people inside my store. Um, I usually um, have, you know, I would say anywhere between, you know, 50 to 60 people in here, like, you know, 30, 20 to be sitting down. And then I'll have, you know, a flux of people walk through there. So it's, you know, we can fit more as far as coming in, but as far as sit-down tables, it's 32 people that can actually occupy my own tables and chairs. Wonderful. It's a nice small footprint, and uh, that's got to yes. be, you know, it's got to help with the rent factor. You know, yes. one of the things that yes. you said the rent that, factor. That, go ahead, Bruce, I want to hear this. Now, the rent factor that we have here, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing because of the fact of that we knew this, this lady when um, we first got, you know, this building. So she gave us an absolute great deal um, on this. Um, and she also promised not to really, you know, raise any kind of rates and so on and so forth for, you know, more than more than a few years. Let me just put it like that. But it's 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 very important that we have, you know, the people in place to make this work so that it, it can all be, you know, seamless, shall I say. Something that you said earlier that, as you can imagine, with uh, our listeners or startup operators and people who might have that dream. But as you said, it's it's scary to start a business, it's scary to step into a new deal. And you said, hey, if, if you had known what you know now, you might have been less less afraid uh, maybe a few years ago. What what was the scary part for you back then that you realized, hey, you know, um, uh, that's really just uh, just a, a mental hurdle, not like something that I just can't overcome. Just doing the research, Barry. I mean, like I said, my research um, wasn't really up to par when I was looking at different deals. Um, and I was also looking at, you know, different um, chefs in which I was in communication with. And, you know, just the communication on, you know, the the downside, not even so much about the good side, just the fact about not having, you know, enough capital. I mean, that's, that's like I said, that's a huge thing because once you get something started, you know, they're not going to refund you back because you, you can't complete the, you can't complete the mission. So, you mm -hmm. know, if I put up a half a million dollars and then, then I need another hundred thousand dollars to finish this deal, they're not going to say, okay, we're going to, you know, give you back this because you're not going to be able to complete this. I mean, you need to really find you know, where you're going to be, you know, getting your money from, like you said, the, 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 um, you know, the networking, um, the, um, people who's going to, you know, back you, like all this stuff has to be in place before you, before you make that first, you know, dotted line signature. Because I mean, once it's signed, it's like buying a house, man. There's, there's no sorries. You either pay for it or you lose it. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been an absolute delight uh, learning about iHeart Mac and Cheese.
listening to somebody talk with the energy that you have when you've only had two weeks of business so far, you're still running ragged from the opening. I really appreciate the franchisee franchisor uh, coordination that you explained. I think that's very helpful to the listeners that are either considering growing as a franchisor or maybe doing the same thing you did, getting into a concept that they're passionate about and becoming a franchisee. Those are excellent options. Uh, Bruce, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Continued success. We wish you the best right there. And obviously, seven months from now, a second unit. We're going to have to talk to you after that, see how well that one went. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm bald now, but I might have a little gray hair then. So check that with me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of luck, Bruce. We really enjoyed talking to you and, and uh, have nothing but confidence you're going to continue to do great things. Thank you guys very much. Thank Barry. Thank you for your time. I really do appreciate you jumping on. Chris, thank you very much for even oh, yeah. having me. Um, and listen, everybody good. out there, go find an iHeart mac and cheese close to you. you. I know you all can't be in Glendale, Arizona, but go find one close to you. These places sound fantastic. And we'll help you catch up real quick again on another Corner Booth. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Corner Booth. We'll be back next Tuesday with more inspiration, insights, and industry best practices to help you engage your team, delight your guests, and grow your business.